Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com, coming to you live from COG Studios on Thursday, November 7th, an off-season podcast after the LA Galaxy's exit interviews. Uh, MLS Cup coming up this weekend, if anybody cares. I know most people don't care. Uh, I'll still probably watch it, but that's coming up this weekend. But uh, the big news here is the LA Galaxy getting ready and, and having to start to actually make some decisions. Uh, and so in order to help me sift through this, a man who was at Exit Interviews and is making his first live appearance, I think, like live in the studio appearance, it's the panda himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Live? We're live? You never told me we were live. We're doing it all. We're doing Look, it. I'm rocking the crest. That's good. Uh, the, your, your Manchester City shirt and your Manchester City car and your Manchester City underwear. Yeah, yeah you, no you one told even... me this was live. I mean, <laughs> come on, I have a face that's made for radio, and then you got me on TV. I know, it's exactly uh, exactly the way that we wanted it, exactly how we were doing it, but no, we're glad to have you in here. So I know. can we start over now? No, no, oh, sh- no, this is it. This is how it goes. We're, we are going. We are, we are pointed forward. We are, we are rocking and rolling. Uh, LA Galaxy exit interviews. Uh, that was fun. Yeah? A long day. I was going to say, uh, overall, only five players spoke. Or, excuse me, five people spoke. Three players spoke. Correct. Um, on a day that was optional for the LA Galaxy, so players didn't need to show up if they didn't want to. And by the way, they had no idea that exit interviews were going on. We got a press release saying select players, Dennis DeClosa and uh, head coach Guillermo Barascolota would be there. If selected players would be prepared to talk to us. Right. But players didn't know anything about it. Dennis was in meetings all afternoon and... Guillermo kept us waiting 90 minutes because he had some phone calls. So clearly nobody knew this was supposed to happen. Except uh, us. Yeah, except, I was going to say, except for reporters. Larry Morgan, of course, covered it for uh, Corner of the Galaxy. You can go to yeah, Corner of the Galaxy. Yeah, I saw his tweets. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't think you did. Um, but uh, a bunch of stuff coming out, obviously. Delmy was there. Scott French was there. You were there. I know there were some other people there as well, Larry. Um, so, you know, the normal reporters that should be there and should be covering this stuff uh, were there and paying attention. Um, but, I mean, overall, what did you get as a, as a sense from, uh, from the LA Galaxy? Uh, do they have an idea of where they're going? They know they have a lot of work to do. And the, the good thing about getting to talk to Dennis and, and even Guillermo is, their words, you know, if you're doing that interview over the phone, for example, or, or reading it in, in, in text or Twitter, uh, on Twitter, you don't really get the sense of looking in the guy's eye and, and there's body language involved. For, for example, the best one I think was Delmi's asked uh, Dennis whether he wanted Zlatan back. And he said, who would, who would not want Ibra? Yeah. That's yeah. not an answer. He didn't answer the question. Um, I, I, my sense is that they would prefer to see him leave, and we'll talk about that some more. But my point is, when you see them uh, answer the questions, it, it's more than just words. I, I definitely get the impression that they would prefer Ibra move on for a lot of different reasons. I get the impression that Uriel Antuna is not coming back, and I don't think Fabio Alvarez is coming back either. And that's not so much from the words. It's just from the body language I picked up when they talked about them. Yeah, it is different, and, and I know the LA Galaxy put out the full uh, Dennis DeClosa interview. Uh, you can see that, but uh, let's start from from some of the some of the things, at least some of the takeaways. I know we're going to get into what Dennis said. We're going to get into um, you know what what different guys said. But my first one was Jonathan Dos Santos, which I think is a good place to start because we all know he's coming back. In fact, he confirmed that he has two more years left on his contract. Now that's interesting because that means that whenever he signed with the LA Galaxy, that he signed a five year contract, which is 
I'm not going to say it's unheard of, Kevin, but I don't know too many uh, major league soccer contracts that are five years. Well, two things about that. Yeah. First of all, when he came over from Villarreal, he came over with a contract in place. Right. So clearly they tore that up and started over again. The other part of that was they gave him five years. I believe at that time the idea was from everybody, the Galaxy and both Dos Santos brothers, that there was going to be a pair. Uh, Giovanni and, and Jonathan would be there for those five years. Well, Gio's been gone a season and a half now. Well, a season. Uh, and Jonathan said he wants to re-sign when his contract's up. He wants to spend another five or six years here. He said clearly and repeatedly that he wants to retire as a member of the LA Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, saying he has another five to seven years left and, you know, hey, I want to come back and I want to, this is where I want to, he says his family is happy here. He's happy here. This is where he wants to be. Great news for a guy who I think both of you agree is, it, both of us agree that is one of the most important players to the LA Galaxy and how they played. Certainly that way uh, last year, how that, looks going forward we don't know but it seems like he's going to be an integral part of this of this team and i think the best thing that ever happened to him and the galaxy maybe when you think about it is getting rid of geo because jonathan was able to step out of that shadow he's been a leader clearly all the stuff that he's shown this year he had but he he deferred to his little to his older brother and i understand that right but now with his brother gone he's able to be the person and the player that he wants to be uh the idea of him wanting to come back we didn't hear that before um, yeah, I, 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 I was really pleased to hear that. I mean, he really seemed committed to the program. And you know what? You need that uh, going forward because, as we'll talk about, players are coming and going. And, right. and Dennis said there's a lot of work to do this offseason, complicated by the fact there is no CBA or there won't be a CBA in place when the next season starts. Um, they have to do a new one. The, the idea that you have some um, uh, continuity – remember, there's only two players left now. We're going to talk about Dave Romney leaving, but if, if he does leave – um, we believe he will. The only two players left from the last Galaxy playoff team, the 2016 team, right. Daniel Starris and Sebastian Legette. Right. How can you have a winning program when you keep changing all your parts? Uh, it, it's going to be, and, and this is, if I had anything in my mind, and I put it out on Twitter because it was something, I, I remember talking to Todd Dudman and, and Mike McGee, and I was talking about those championship years for the LA Galaxy, right? We're talking about, um, you know, 2011, 2012, 2014, um, and what the difference, both of them, without being in the same room, I interviewed both of them and talked to them about that. They said, you know, it was really our ability to play for each other. Right. And so that's what needs to be developed for the LA Galaxy right now. And whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic even fits into the I want to play for Zlatan and Zlatan wants to play for me. Is that something that even I can try to comprehend? Does Zlatan really want to play for his other teammates? Because I think that's the difference here with Major League Soccer being so 50-50 in terms of the parity across the league. And it only takes a little bit here or a little bit there to get your team to a championship level. Um, you know, is Zlatan going to be that guy and, and talking about somebody coming or going and, and staying, not staying with Zlatan? Does that mean, you know, that you could see him playing for, for well, the Galaxy? You talk about Todd Dunovic. This is the guy who's now going to be an MLS general manager. Yes, he is with Sacramento. Knows how to build teams and knows what, what you need to build teams. I've heard a lot of managers talk about building national teams when they call players up and they have a, a huge player pool to pick from. And reporters will ask, hey, why did you pick player A and not player B? Player B is clearly better. And they'll tell you there are certain roles for players. It's not a talent show. You don't pick the most talented 23 players. Sometimes there's there's role players. There's guys that, that do different things for the team. And that's why when you talk about the, the Galaxy team that won, went to three MLS Cups, won three MLS Cups in four seasons, look who was on that team. You know, you had Omar Gonzalez and you had A.J. De La Garza for a while. Sean Franklin was there. You had those guys who were good players, but you also had the grinders and you had that chemistry. Those guys would take a bullet for each other. 
I don't. I I I felt at times the Galaxy team this year was eleven players. Yeah, it it wasn't a team, um, and, and that's what where they have to get, and ma- that's switching pieces and bringing pieces in and finding things that fit, and and that's what Bruce was really good at, and now it's something that Dennis is going to have to be really good at. I mean, I think that Dennis is doing a, a good job here so far. I think that so far you've seen Dennis, um, you know, come in and and try to find solutions to problems, but we're going to go over the roster here, and there's a lot more open sort of choices than maybe we thought there were going to be, um, just as we were going through wh- who's available, who's not available in terms of contracts and here's why that's good because dennis and and guillermo are now getting to build the team remember they inherited a lot of these guys they did they brought in some players mid-season they brought in joe corona they brought in uh giancarlo gonzalez they brought in polenta they brought in players but they also inherited guys like shelvick and rolf and and zlatan and and roman and jonathan i mean they inherited the majority of the team they were trying to make the puzzle work without pieces that didn't fit right the puzzle that they wanted to build now they get to start over again. And I think the team may regress a little bit. I mean, may, there may be some growing pains next year as they try to fit these things together. But I think long-term, this is a good thing. Yeah, it, it seems like it's building the right way. You talked about Joe Corona. Uh, he talked as well. I'm not going to say that there was anything magical about what he said. He had a pretty quick uh, interview from but what I understood. Two, two more years. I was Two more years, which, which again means that he signed a three-year contract. Or it's a two-year plus a one, and he just says, I have two years left on my contract. Two years. So we always talk the plus one is an option year. Club um, option only. Yeah, club option only. It's never player option. That never happens. Um, not but, in this sport. Yeah, in not, real sports, it does. In yeah. real sports, not in Major League Soccer. Um, but he says he has two. So his and Jonathan Dos Santos's um, a contracts expire in the same year, 2021, um, which is, again, an interesting thing. You didn't know exactly 100% what you were getting with Joe Corona. They brought him in, and now he is going to be on this team for another two years at least, um, which is a long time for a guy who you were trying to sort of slide into a position and maybe didn't count on as a long-term piece in my mind. Maybe they did count on as a long-term piece because they gave him a three-year deal. Um, but that's an interesting thing. So again, we're, we're focused on contract lengths mostly because uh, Major League Soccer does not mandate, nor do they provide contract lengths for any contracts, and they seem to discourage teams from sharing those contract lengths. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, and, and the only guy that we know of, uh, in addition to those two, for sure, is Dave Bigham one more year because he told us. Yes, yeah, that's the only way you can do it is to get yeah. players to tell you. Exactly, and I, I I had a chance to talk to John Thornton of LAFC last week and ask him that question, and he said, uh, if you get it from the players, fine, but I'm not going to give it to you. And Dennis DeClosa had a sort of back and forth with Scott yesterday, and Scott was saying, we get this information in every other sport. And Dennis said, well, why don't you go out and get it for this sport? And he said, because it's not available anywhere. And Dennis said, so why should I tell you? Right. And well, and Scott said, you know, what, this doesn't hurt you. And Dennis says, maybe it does and maybe it doesn't. Right. And he goes, and that's what we're protecting. They, they seem to, same with injury news, they seem to be relying on that there's a competitive advantage that they're losing by saying out loud what these things are. But guaranteed, everybody in the league knows whose contracts are up and whose aren't. I'm sure they get a spreadsheet because you have to know who, who whose players are possibly available and who you could go after and try to attract remember this is a single entity league right so so dave romney for example is not owned by the galaxy he's owned by mls and if an mls uh, executive in kansas city wants to know what's going on i'm sure that he can find that out yeah and and that's that's the whole thing and i've been told before um by people close to to the to the galaxy and close to the league is that they get a spreadsheet knowing how much 
allocation money every team has. So each team knows what other teams have in terms of allocation, general allocation, targeted allocation money, because they do that because if you're going to make a deal with somebody, they want to know that you have the money first to be able to even pull this deal off. And so the only people that don't know are it, the fans and, 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 and the us. media. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the media is is kind of the, the, the conduit to the fans. Right. Um, you can find that out in any other sport, and it really, I think, makes it interesting because you can look and say, oh, the Dodgers, uh, they've already spent this much money. They have the luxury taxes coming up. They really can't make a deal for Jared Cole. Well, in MLS, we don't know that, and there's it, it hurts us in trying to analyze what's going on. We'd love to say, hey, the Galaxy need a forward, but they're they're limited in how much money they can spend, or, or they've got three forwards signed for three years. We don't have any of that information, and I think it hurts some of the speculation, and it leads to those charges that we hear all the time that MLS is not transparent. If the information is not out there, they can do anything they want. Yeah, and so that's why we ask players. You said David Bingham. That means his contract presumably expires in the 2020 season. So after this next year, David Bingham's contract will be up. Um, so that's what we got out of the the players, and they had some fun things to say, and I, I think you've probably seen most of that on social media as it's been played out. Um, you know, for the most part, I thought Joe Corona said, you know, this was a good year, good building block this year um jonathan kind of said the same thing yeah and i think that's where everybody feels they feel like they had nobody wants to say it kevin but they're gonna they're trying to say it without saying it which is they had a successful season they made the playoffs they got one pass even dennis de says hey you know we got one more we got a game in the playoffs we got past minnesota that was good obviously we fell two games short of our goal but in my mind looking at this galaxy team they always sort of circled getting into the playoffs and progressing forward again a step forward is what they wanted to do but that means that next year in spite of all these changes that are clearly going to happen and you can see them you know starting to set these up and and how you do it um uh in spite of all those changes they're going to have to make this team step forward again kevin um and bringing in all these players and, and doing all that so um my big takeaways from Dennis Teclosa, uh, and and we can start talking about Zlatan Ibrahimovic with Dennis here. Um, Dennis says that the LA Galaxy will need to make a decision on Ibra in the next one to two weeks, um, and I think that we are both of the agreement that we don't think they know what Zlatan wants to do, and I'm also of the agreement that I don't think that Zlatan 100% knows what he wants to do yet either. Well, I, I talked to, obviously talked to Dennis, and talked to some other people around the club, um, they they told me off the record they didn't want to make any public statements but they told me off the record that they truly believe that Zlatan does not know what he wants to do. I was told that his family is very happy in Southern California, but that Zlatan knows at 38 that the end is coming and he has an idea of how he wants to go out. My original thought was he might want to go back to either Malmo or I was told by a Galaxy person that Ajax, his second club in the Netherlands was one he had an eye on. I've since been told that I act, that Malmo is definitely out. In fact, he, he had the statue put up there in Malmo, but right. he sold his house. He said he can't go to Malmo without just being mobbed. Ajax is still a possibility, but what people now in Sweden are telling me is that his idea is his, he wants his final contract to be with AC Milan, and we know that AC Milan is talking to them. What I was told was this source in, in Sweden told me he's always been allowed to be the superstar in Italy. Everything was set up on his terms, and when he was in Milan last time, that he loved it there. The question is, how much value do they put on him? He's got, he's got to have at least $7.2 million uh, deal on the table for MLS. But, you know, the way he left the field with that, that, gesture, that unfortunate gesture, yeah. and then what he said in the interview afterward, that really felt like a guy burning his bridges. I, I think that's Laton, though. I think he could easily come back and say, yeah, I mean, you know, him grabbing his crotch is, is pr a perfectly Zlatan move, right? Yeah. And he says he enjoyed that, by the way. That was his, his sort of response. He was like, yeah, I like getting into it with the fans, and that's fine. 
Um, so, you know, that's Laton saying, yeah, I'm fine with that. And him burning the league. He's been burning the league. I don't know. I feel like he's not coming back. You feel like he's not coming back. I would not be surprised at all if he does come back. I think that the Galaxy want him to decide that he doesn't want to come back so they don't have to make that decision to not bring him back because I feel like the, the Galaxy um, don't want to bring him back. Uh, and we were talking before we even started. If you bring him back, you think he's going to has to get a raise, right? Yeah, I think after you score 30 goals, he needs a raise. And, and, and I think that's one reason... My sense is one reason Don Garber got involved with it today by saying, hey, Milan's talking to Zlatan. You know, we, we hear that they're negotiating. Why does Don Garber care about that? Well, he cares about that because if Zlatan does come back and it does get a raise, say nine or $10 million uh, after scoring 30 goals and leading the team to the playoffs, that sets the, that sets the floor for the next big international player that comes in and says, hey, Zlatan got 10 million. I need at least nine, five. Well, that's, you know, three million more than they've paid anybody before. Right. The league does not want to get in a bidding war. Yeah, I mean, and and I get that, and I get, I, I just don't see. Here's the deal, though. If you're the Galaxy, is are you comfortable spending ten million dollars on a thirty-eight year old? Who, I mean, listen, contracts are supposed to be, yes, they are usually payment for past performance because that's what it is, but it's also for for future performance. Are you going to risk ten million dollars, right, on Zlatan Ibrahimovic at thirty-eight years old, knowing that at one injury his career is over? And that has always been the case, but as he gets older, the chances of that increase exponentially as far as I'm concerned. And trying to to do that and then build your team around him, you know, $10, $10 million is way too much money for a 38, 39-year-old. Well, here's another thing. Here's what Dennis said. Dennis was talking back and forth about whether Zalatan would come back or not, whether he wanted them. And he, he admitted there's going to be changes. But this was really... he. We kept asking him, like, look, Zalatan does not play the style that... Guillermo wants to play. Clearly, you guys want to go to a 4-3-3. You want to play that style that Guillermo played in, in Boca. He's talked about it all the time. You've brought in players like like uh, um, uh, Pavone that play that style. And so how can you move forward if you bring Zlatan back? And he said, what we plan on is not based just on him. It's based on the entire club and where we want to be and how we want to move forward. He said, one of the challenges for us is to move forward and create more a more recognizable style and a more recognizable identity. In the end, he scored an, an amazing amount of goals for us. He's uh, reached great heights with us and other clubs. But what is our, our what is our identity going to be going forward? Yep, that really sounds like a guy that's decided to move on. Again, it's it's I, I could see us leaning in this direction. It's like confirmation bias in my head. I agree with you. I'm leaning that direction. I start tilting. I'm 50-50, but I start falling over the fence that Zlatan's not coming back. And in my mind, I really don't think he is. And I've thought that back and forth through this whole year. But if he says, yeah, I'm coming back, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, and this fits his profile too. Remember, there's only two clubs. I think uh, one was uh, Paris Saint-Germain and one other club, and I don't remember which one it was, where he stayed more than two consecutive seasons. So he moves around a lot. Barcelona was one season. Uh, Man United was two seasons. Ajax, I think, was two seasons. Malmo was one, I think, one and a half seasons. Um, the Italian clubs, he changed back and forth. But um, he seems to move an awful lot. This kind of fits his M.O. Yeah, yeah. And and that's so, I mean, you know, the whole Zlatan thing, again, I, I think we're going to find out here relatively shortly. Um, they all said that they're going to have to sit down. Dennis said, we're going to have to sit down. He is a huge figure, and we're going to let him come to us, and we're going to talk, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to figure this out. Um, which I think, oh, man, if I could pay, if I had like $10,000 that I could pay to just sit in a meeting, just one meeting, if you had ten grand, you had to pay to somebody to go sit in a meeting, that's the meeting I would spend ten grand to go sit and just sort of and listen. And I think we're going to find out Monday or Tuesday. I don't think they make an announcement between 
between now and MLS Cup, I think Don Garber, by being involved, I think Don Garber's in part of this and said, look, we got an MLS Cup final. Let's not talk about this. But right when that's over, Dennis said in the next couple of days, he said that on Wednesday. So right. a couple of days would be Friday or Saturday. It, it, I mean, it, listen, again, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and Don was asked about, you know, the... Don, you guys are in first-name yeah, basis. Yeah, him and I, we're like, we're, wow. we're, oh yeah, best friends, BFFs. We text all the time, you know, we have little acronyms like, hey, DG. Um, no, what does he so, call you? <laughs> Pato, of course. <laughs> what else would he call me? Good. Um, by the way, I didn't get to do this, so let's do this right now so that way we can get... Get it out of the way. Yeah, because yeah. I haven't played it in so long. Welcome to Panda and Pato's Morning Zoo. Pato. 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 And Panda. Panda. In the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. All right. Just you know, wait. I would say that never gets old, except for the fact that it, it gets it old. It gets old. It's old. It's long, especially the, the, the long one there. No. This is the evening zoo anyways. Uh, yeah. Well, that's why I said it always made sense. We always record in the evenings, like 99% of the time. We did a couple more, like Sunday mornings or Saturday mornings. When yeah. you were in Russia, I would come in at like five o'clock in the morning and do that. That was fun too. Um, but no, we do all that but it's always in the evening so that's what makes it even better um, but no I mean Don Garber got in involved in this because somebody was asking about the league and how it's viewed you know internationally so he started talking about Ibrahimovic and what a big personality I listened to the comments I don't then have he's to, got, he, he gets misquoted yeah he, he did by the way because they came out with a, a press release or at least a correction um, because there's a whole bunch of people who are reporting that Zlatan signed that Don Garber said Zlatan signed with AC Milan and that's not what they said at all he said that he's being recruited by AC Milan, um, and that's one of those those teams. So uh, we had talked about him going back to Italy. Going back to Italy doesn't surprise me. Whoever that ends up being um, wouldn't surprise me. Again, some of the Swedish reporters who cover him um, that we talk to all the time uh, here in uh, in LA had told me that he loved Italy, and so that that makes sense uh, in my mind as well. So um, so yeah, that's the that's the Zlatan Ibrahimovic sort of uh, conundrum. You want to go down some of this uh, some of the roster stuff, and we can start to figure out who's in contract, who's out of contract contract because you know one of the yeah but before we do but one of the cool things about Zlatan it's going back to to Italy you know this is a guy that 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 grew up in very rough circumstances right you know is famously a great bike thief when he was a kid you know he's played in all these different countries now he speaks Italian he speaks French he speaks Swedish he speaks his parents native language they're from Bosnia um it speaks English really well understands and, and can converse in Spanish it's pretty amazing being able to move around in your career like that. I, I was on a podcast, um, and if you, I saw, I retweeted the podcast. If you want to go on Twitter and, and sort of see it, but they were asking me about Zlatan, and they're like, "Well, is he, you know, is he true? Is this true? Is what you see is what you get?" And I go, "You know, for all of the amazing quotes that he gives you and all this stuff, which is just fun to sort of cover and fun to talk to, and he's always been extremely nice to both of us. By the way, I can't say you know that he's ever really given me any flack or you any flack." Um, you know, except he does like to make fun. Give he, he does well, yeah, like to stick you good naturedly. Yes, he, yes, he, he, he does. Yeah, that's and that's fine. That's allowed. I that's a Bruce used to do the same thing. That's allowed. I like that. That that shows a good relationship. Um, but there's also the moments where you see him talking to kids afterwards, which are just something he doesn't get enough credit for. Um, and how he comes down. You know, he asks, "Hey, can I take a picture with you?" He asks the kid, "Can I take a picture with you?" And the kid's like. Yeah, like the coolest thing in the world. Um, there was a San Jose Sharks player who waited after the Galaxy uh, were up in uh, at put Stanford Stadium and lost that game, and he waited for like 45 minutes to meet Zlatan, the Sharks player, and he had his son with him. And then Zlatan came out, gave a good 10 minutes to the media, was exhausted, you could tell, and then went over and talked to that guy for 15 minutes and talked to his son directly, got down low and looked him in the eyes. I mean, so all the stuff that you see with Zlatan, uh, and certainly I think that there is a question about how good he is for the locker room, 
um, because I think we've heard more than a few complaints about Zlatan picking on players and being angry with players. And fans can say, oh, well, that's good. He's demanding the best. Listen, nobody wants to go to work where you're getting yelled at and screamed at well, constantly. And at the beginning, people liked that because they thought, oh, Zlatan cares. As it went on into the second season, I think people looked at it and said, no, Zlatan's just mean. Yeah, he's just mean. And, and you know, you can you can see that. And and I think he he's a bully. He's a bully on the field. I'll, I'll say it. He is a bully on that's the field. That's why he's good. That, that's, that's one of the reasons he That's what made Robbie Keane good. Robbie Keane was a bully on the field. Robbie Keane also understood the team dynamic, I think, better than Zlatan. Zlatan is very much a, I am playing for me, and I will drag you all with me to 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 glory. Right, and that is his persona on the field. Off the field, he's a great guy. Heard nothing but great things about him, including from the same people who are saying, "Well, he picks on people." You know, it's like that. So you, so you look at that. So there's this this juxtaposition between Zlatan off the field and Zlatan on the field that I think gets tired, um, and I think that's why he hasn't stayed that's very why he long. Moves every yeah. There you go. Okay, so um, now we go on to look at down this roster. We're gonna go. So we talked about Zlatan. We know he's out of contract. Jonathan Dos Santos has two more years left. Roman Alessandrini. Out of contract. Where do we sit on Roman? Where we sit on Roman is if Antuna leaves, and I believe he will, and if Fabio doesn't come back, and I think that's, if I had to pick it, probably 60% he doesn't come back, they're all of a sudden going from a position where they had a lot of attacking midfielders to where they have none. Sebastian Legette's out of contract. Yeah, that's another one who we, who we can talk about as well. But yeah, but with Roman Alessandrini, I mean, we have a DP issue, right? We know we have a D. If Zlatan comes back. That's a problem because DPs will still have all three. We know that Roman is a DP currently. We know that Christian Pavone is going to be a DP next year because of his salary and the loan fee that they'll end up paying. And it seemed like Dennis indicated that Pavone will 100% be back next yes, year. Yeah. So, and, But here's what happens with Roman. I think if the Galaxy are smart, they they want Roman back. Dennis and, and Guillermo both talked about how talented they thought he was and how he didn't give a good account of himself last year because of the injuries. So they're, they're, already, oops, they're already set up a little bit that – hey, this guy's an injury concern. So what I read into that, again, not listening to the words, looking at the the, the, the body language, what they're saying is, Ramon, we like you. We like you a lot. But you're 32 or 33 now. You're injured a lot last year. We'd like to bring you back, but you're not going to be a DP. Right. And I think Ramon would do that. He really wants to stay here. I think Ramon would do that. I think the Galaxy knows that he's motivated to stay. He's not going anywhere else. Right, right. It doesn't. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem likely. If he goes somewhere else, it's probably for not a lot of money. I think the Galaxy can get him for a sub DP contract. Um, and he wasn't that bunch of a high paid player. He, one, he one, wasn't. One twenty nine. Yeah, something. yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, you're looking at a ceiling. And by the way, we should preface all of this before we get any further. With the CBA, we have no idea what. This is all going to sort of... Die. And Dennis Dennis looked at that. The, the collective bargaining agreement is up. The players are demanding things. The owners are demanding other things. We'll probably talk a little bit about the Forbes article before we get out of here. Um, that, that sort of shows where the league is and where all this money is and how the league probably has plenty of money and the players are going to try to go and get some of that money. Uh, I don't think there's any guarantee the season starts on time. But more, than, more importantly for the LA Galaxy trying to build a team right now... They don't know what the rules are going to be well, whenever those come out. There was a conference call today that I was on with the players' union, and a couple of players were on there. Um, and uh, Jeff Lorenowitz, former Galaxy, and Alejandro Bedoya were, were both on there. And they were speaking for the players, and they said, look, basically there's three. There's a lot of issues, but there's basically three big ones. Free agency. They want better free agency. Right now, it's almost impossible to qualify as a free agent in Major League Soccer. So they want better free agency. They want charter flights. They didn't say how many, but they want more charter flights. And they talked about how that is a competitive issue and not a comfort issue. Right. And the third one they want, they want to get rid of allocation money. They want all that money to go into one pot so that it can go from player to player. 
Um, and um, those are the th three things I don't think they're going to bend on. Now, when you talk about the CBA, it expires the end of January. Right. Two, uh, two weeks after some training camps open, teams that will be in CONCACAF Champions League, they will open training camp around the 15th of January. So they'll be in camp two weeks. CONCACAF Champions League starts in the middle of February. The MLS regular season starts at the end of February. Why is that important? Yeah. Because if the, if the collective bargaining agreement, if there's not a new one in place to replace the old one, that means training camp will take place without a collective bargaining agreement. Now, what does that mean? That means if both sides agree to go ahead, they can go play Champions League. They can even open the season. Right. But if one side says, no, no. we're not going to continue this way, right. then there's a lockout. That means training camp ends. That means there's no okay. games. There's no CONCACAF I, Champions League I know games. that's the big thing is that teams could literally just forfeit those games and not play in those games because they will not be available. And I think the players are willing to go ahead and do that. Yeah. I think the players, I mean, they're not going to win CONCACAF Champions League anyway, so it's not a big loss. Oh, wow. Why do you hate <laughs> on Major League Soccer so much, Kevin? No. Um, I agree. It's a difficult It's a difficult climb against... And uh, there's the, a lot of money at, at stake there. If they, if the players all of a sudden said, we're not going to, to Guadalajara wherever to play these games, Major League Soccer, now all of a sudden they're going to feel the pinch a little bit. So Dennis commented on that because it was asked, that question was asked, and he sort of said, listen, we're going to abide. And he said the same thing on our show, by the way, because I asked that same question whenever he was on our 700th show, is that... You guys have done 700? 700 shows, Why yeah. wasn't I... You told about that. Uh, we, you, your invitation got lost. Um, you're on odd days, and it was even. Um, so, uh, but Dennis basically said we have to go off the rules that we have right now, which is a fun thing to say out loud. And I think you can, Kevin. You can say, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that if all this gets figured out and the salary cap increases and blah blah blah, all these other things, that you're not put at a disadvantage because you already made moves thinking it was something else. And that's where the danger comes in for the CBA. So uh, for Ramon Alessandrini, uh, I think that they could get him as a TAM player if there's such thing it's as TAM. TAM. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that, that's sort of what it is. And I don't think that's a stretch. Um, but you are going to invest a serious amount of money. And Dennis talked about investing more in some positions because of the impact that they have on the field and less on other positions. But you are going to be investing a serious sum of money in Ramon Alessandrini, even if it's $1.2 million or $850,000. Yeah, I mean, imagine if they decide to give him 1.5 and they think they're going to be to use TAM money and then all of a sudden that doesn't exist and he's got to squeeze under the budget he's not worth 1.5 million of a 4.5 million dollar budget yeah it, it and and what is, is does that budget say the same all these stuffs are sort of questions okay so uh Roman Alessandrini uh Jorgen Shelvik adios adios he's gone okay but I mean and we've we've said that he's out of contract uh we I told you that the LA Galaxy actually had tried to possibly move him before the transfer window closed uh which was a real thing they tried it didn't work and that's fine because you know this this thing was going to run out but they were trying to get something for for nothing basically and it, and it didn't work out so Jorgen Shelvik he's gone Diego Polenta is an interesting one because I assumed that he would be under contract but it sounds like and Dennis was talking that there might be an option on Diego Polenta and I don't think Dennis wants to pick it up he was talking about um, how uh, he had some good moments and he had some bad moments and they need to weigh those did the good outweigh the bad he could be one of those guys that's kind of on the bubble waiting to see what happens with the CBA yeah it's uh, it's more interesting than I thought because okay let's say you don't bring back Diego Polenta uh, where does uh, does people Gonzalez fit on this next because he's a guy who they brought in who didn't who had some rough games uh, who didn't do great um, on the field and he's a guy who if I have to imagine if Diego Polenta has an option that people Gonzalez has an option too but we don't know that and it could very well be that people Gonzalez signed a three-year deal with I, the I think Galaxy. he probably signed a multi-year deal because he was coming from Syria uh, and he was someone that, that, that the Galaxy had targeted I think Polenta he was out of a job he was sort of a of a bad boy reputation and 
this was a reclamation project, and I think he saw it that way. I, I, I think Gonzalez had more of a... It's clout in order yeah, to be able yeah, to sign yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he's probably signed, but I, I think Polenta is really... It's touch and go, and, and here's Dennis's quote. He said, we have the option, and we have until November 21st to, deci- uh, to decide. Which which puts it in the option category, by the way. That's a contract options have to be exercised, I believe, by the 21st. Right. And he said, if we decide to take it or not, in the first year he had good games, and it's also about adapting to the league and realizing the demand. But in terms of leadership and adapting, it's a positive case. That didn't sound like he wants to bring him back, but didn't sound like he's cut bait either. So, uh, so the so some question marks surrounding whether Polenta will come back, whether Gonzalez come back. Fabio Alvarez, you've already talked about and said you don't think he's coming back. No, there's a loan they need to renegotiate, either buy it out or renegotiate a second loan. The, again, the body language part, Dennis didn't cut. Dennis was very diplomatic and very smart, and he didn't cut bait, even with Shelvick. He gave the impression that Shelvick isn't back, but never said that. And so with with Fabio, he gave the indication that they would like to entertain the idea of bringing him back. They didn't say they wanted them back, um, but the, the, it seems to be a lot of heavy lifting that is going to go into that, and it may be too much for them. It may be like, like it, it's just too complicated. And that's interesting too, because that was a guy Pavone wanted to play with. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's best friends. Um, you know, and those guys played together as kids. So um, that was uh, an interesting part. I think if you wanted to keep Christian Pavone happy, you wanted, you wanted Fabio Alvarez, but if you can't get him back on a loan, then that's not and, worth and, it. And that goes back to your thing about the old galaxy teams. They were teams. Yep. Now remember Fabio at the end of the season, didn't play a lot. Right. right. So he doesn't really have a spot on the team, but if he's, if he's your best player's best friend, right. maybe you bring him back for that team element. Uh, Joe Corona, we've already talked about. He's back. under contract, so he will be back. And then you get to Perry Kitchen. Now, this is some digging on our part, not that we know um, 100%, but we're fairly certain. Perry Kitchen seems to have a contract for next year. And the Galaxy seem to be trying to sell that contract. They do seem to be trying to move that. So um, that's one of those interesting things. Again, Perry Kitchen uh, at $475,000, right around there, uh, on his salary is an expensive player. Now, he got to play whenever he wasn't injured. He was back on the field for this stretch run coming through these last couple of games, uh, and I thought he acquitted himself fairly well. But, but he he's redundant with Corona. Add right. those two together, and it's a million dollars for one guy. So so if you can get rid of one, if you can shop a contract on another one, um, then that makes some sense. So that's where you get that one. Now let's move on to uh, so Perry Kitchen. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting case. We thought maybe it was going to be two years and done, but it's it looks like it's three years, um, and so he's now possibly on his last year, and so the Galaxy may try to move that contract. I think that's a, an interesting one to keep uh, keep in the back of your head the whole time. Uh, Oriel and Tuna is a good one. Now, there's there's a ton of rumors. Let me hit the rumors first. The rumor is the LA Galaxy already somehow secured a loan for Uriel and Tuna, which may be true. They may have an agreement with Manchester City. Manchester City that you're wearing the jersey of is ugly and I even I, I guess I helped you out by painting the wall blue back behind you. But um but Man- I have a blue car. That's yeah, I know. Everybody knows. Um, it's compensating for something. I'm not sure what <laughs> that is. Uh, but anyway, so the rumors are that the Galaxy already um, have a loan deal to bring Antuna back, which may be 100% true. But they also have an agreement, and Dennis talked about this, uh, with Manchester City that if somebody wants to buy him, that they could have a chance to match that. But are you going to spend what Chivas, you know, Guadalajara is going to spend, which is rumored to be 10 or $11 million? Yeah, $11 million. And there's another suitor in Portugal now that has... Uh, uh, come to the fore uh, yeah the, the deal is if someone offers money for Antuna Manchester City will come to the Galaxy and say will you match that if the Galaxy does they get to keep them if they don't Manchester City then decides which offer it's going to take um, 
What Dennis said is that Manchester City clearly wants what's best for Antuna. He, they want him to go somewhere and play, and they want him to have a good situation. The Galaxy clearly are that. Um, you know what? It's very interesting because you know why Antuna is getting a lot of attention in Mexico? Because what? Of what he's done with the national yeah, team. Yeah. Why is he d- desired so much by the Galaxy? Because of what he's done for the national team. Yeah, it's it, really changed his career. It is. Um, so Oriol Antuna, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's gone. I think it's too expensive. And and it sounds like Dennis was hinting at that as well. So. And now all of a sudden, if he's gone and Fabio's gone and, and if if, uh, if Perry goes and if Alison Drini can't be brought back, all of a sudden we don't have any midfielders. And then we get to the next guy, national team player Sebastian Legette, who's yeah, out Seb- of contract. Yeah, who we think is out of contract as well. Um, and so this is a guy who, has, who had some ups and downs this year. Wasn't great, wasn't perfect, had to f- sort of figure out a different way, but eventually settled into, a, I think, a pretty good spot for him, which is as that, you know, almost a number 10. Uh, he's a playmaker in the center of midfield, at the central attacking midfielder role. And with Jonathan Dos Santos and Joe Corona sort of stationed behind him, um, it's not a bad look. But uh, Sebastian Legette, here's why Sebastian Legette stays. And here's why the Galaxy pay and they do whatever they sort of need to do and they work it out the money. is because he's an American player, so he's a domestic player, so he doesn't count for an international slot. He's a starting caliber player in Major League Soccer, which is a good thing. Um, and those two reasons and sort of the position that he plays, I think could be a reason why they, they easily keep him. He's also flexible. You can play him out on the wing. You can play him inside. So, you know, all those things combined, I think, work for him. And he speaks Spanish. And that is not to be dismissed, by the way. I don't just throw that out there. The whole coaching staff is much more comfortable. Even Dominic Kinnear now is, is very comfortable in Spanish. It's important that Sebastian uh, understands Spanish. But here's another thing, too. If the Galaxy are really forward-thinking and really taking everything into consideration, Sebastian Legette's coming into the prime of his career. Right. It's two years shy of a World Cup. Yep. He's a national team player but not a christian Pulisic national team player here's a guy that has two years to really make his case that he that he's going to the world cup um you want him to make that case while he's playing for you yeah there's some marketability there and i think you have to think about that well, as not well only the marketability he's going to be a really good player he's going to say to greg berhalter you cannot leave me off this team look how many goals i'm scoring look how many assists i have you want him to be doing that for your team, not against you. Yeah, uh, it's an interesting one for Sebastian Legette. Rolf Felcher is another interesting case. We imagine that being he signed a one-year plus an option the first time, and then the Alley Galaxy de- uh, declined the option and decided to renegotiate at a lower salary. Much lower salary. About yeah, 50000 on the table. Yeah, there there seems to be at least, uh, and we don't know for sure, but it seems to me that they may have done the same thing again, which is one-year plus an option, so they may actually have an option on Rolf Felcher again. Um, to decide what his future is. Or they said, hey, take less money, we'll give you two years, guaranteed. Um, so those types of things are, are up in the air as well. I, I think the Galaxy would probably bring, bring Rolf Felcher back, uh, if only for the fact that he makes $250,000. And it's useful. He's that winger role that he can play, going up and down the field. It will uh, it'll be an interesting one to see there. Um, let's see. We go from Felcher to Chris Pontius, who we know is retiring. Juninho, we're expecting uh, he's gone or he's retiring. Yeah. Um, one of those. Uh, let's see. You have Dan Stairs. Dan Stairs is out of contract, uh, and he is, uh, from what I've been told, negotiating with the LA Galaxy. Now, Dan has them by, I think, the short and curlies, as they say. Um, and one of the reasons I think he has a lot of leverage in this hit, Kevin, is that, again, we talk about domestic player, right? A guy who's a starting caliber 
defender for the LA Galaxy. Led all outfield players in starts and minutes. In minutes. Uh, I thought he was the most consistent defender the LA Galaxy had across the entire year. I think if they would do smart things like pair him with somebody like, I don't know, Dave Romney, that they would see even more consistency from him. But really, they need to find him and A.J. De La Garza, somebody they can pair with him on a consistent basis that makes him a better defender. Well, you just mentioned the obvious guy, which is Dave Romney. And the reason you signed Daniel Starris is because Dave Romney won't be here next year. Yeah, yeah. And, and Dave Romney. So let's go to that one. So Dave Romney and uh, being traded to Nashville. Now, this is not official because the trade window doesn't open until let's see what is it monday, monday? Yeah, yeah it's monday it's right after uh, mls cup so um it doesn't open until monday um but it is it is done it's we, done yeah we know it's done it's money everything's done yeah it's money two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for uh for dave romney uh that's an allocation money so what kind of allocation what, money yeah, i don't if know it exists and somebody said what happens if allocation money goes away will the galaxy not get any money no they'll just get two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars is and my spend guess anywhere they want yeah. and the Galaxy get another perk in that uh, there's a handshake agreement that Nashville will not pick anybody in the expansion draft from the Galaxy. And that's an important sort of note. These are handshake agreements. This is not in the contract, but this this will be this will be honored. Now it doesn't mean the Galaxy will escape the expansion draft Miami. because Miami's still in it, but it means that the LA Galaxy moved to peace. Now um, I will tell you right away from the optics of this, in terms, if you're an LA Galaxy fan, you should think that your team just got worse for two hundred twenty five thousand dollars because Dave Romney was a versatile. Uh, defender. He could play all four back positions. Uh, whether or not you want to say he's starter caliber or not, I'll say it. I think he was starting caliber um, at many positions, and I think that they could have had a, a good defense with him. And, and the team played better when he was on the field. Absolutely. The records show that. Absolutely, 100%. And as a matter of fact, if you go through every single year that Dave Romney had a significant presence on the field, not the ones where he made like one or two appearances in 2015, 2016, that type of thing, but if you look at all those things, um, what you see is that when Dave Romney was on the field the, the galaxy were better um i think i did like one last year or or no this year uh if dave romney started uh every single game then the galaxy could have expected technically a 10 point bump those are bs stats i'm just telling you but i'm telling if you looked at his average points per game and then you take it out over the 300 and, or 300 the 34 games uh it would have given a 10 point um 10 point thing so listen it's a bet it, it hurts the yellow galaxy's depth for sure they get shallow immediately but um if you're Dave Romney, Kevin, if you're Dave Romney, you're not getting the minutes that you think you deserve. I mean, despite the fact he started every game down the stretch, he didn't play a whole bunch of minutes this year. Um, if you're Dave Romney, you you want to leave. Well, here's the deal with Dave. It's been three coaches now where, it, you know, it goes back to Anafo and, and then Ziggy and now Guillermo, not so much with Dom, but he's had to prove himself valuable to each one of those guys. And he's done that. And then he comes back the next year, and it's a new coach. Yep. And he's got to start all over again. I think he's just tired of doing that. He is a good, valuable player. He's going to – the great thing about being traded is when you leave a team, you always wonder, why did they get rid of me? But the other side of that is somebody wanted you. Yep, absolutely. And and by the way, we know it was multiple teams at one point that were interested in signing Dave I Romney. I know for a fact New England wanted him. Yeah, and, and why New England, Kevin? Oh, is that Bruce Arena? Bruce, Bruce Arena's team. And and who's the technical director there? Is that Kurt Anolfo? Oh, wow. So, I mean, all these things sort of come into to play whenever you understand this. This is a guy that they wanted. The Galaxy got $225,000. Now, the only reason this would make sense in terms of the Galaxy willingly trading away a valuable domestic player that backs up every position on your defense. Basically, you get one guy who covers four. If you have him on the bench, you can, he can take any defensive player if anybody gets hurt uh, is because he wanted to go. I mean, that's that's the only thing in my in my mind. And that's, by the way, wouldn't blame him if he did. As you said, yeah. he wasn't getting playing time and somebody wanted them. Well, here's the other 
part of that is is one of the things Dennis talked about yesterday is um, the defense was was really poor last year. And so people are asking, why trade one of your best defenders if the defense was poor? And Dennis said, we're going to address that, but you don't necessarily make a defense better by signing defenders. Right. You change the way you play. Yep. So look for that. There's a little hint right there. Uh, anyway, so that's sort of uh, where it all comes down. So I think Nashville is getting a great uh, player in Dave Romney. I think he's their first player. Uh, I don't know if he's their first. It might be. I mean, technically, One it's not first. even official, but yeah. yeah. I don't think they have a coach yet. Do they have a coach yet? Dave Romney. Dave, Rom- Dave Romney's doing everything. Oh, so funny. Um, anyway, so that's... Player coach. Yeah, that's that's how, how that sort of sits. Um, you know, you can go down these... You know, Tomas Hilliard Arce, I would imagine that his rookie contract was a one plus one, and they picked up the option last year, and so he could possibly be out of contract, and he spends most of his time down at LA Galaxy 2. Is he going to see more time playing uh, with LA Galaxy? I think that might be a stretch. Uh, Julian Araujo seems primed to be a first-team yeah. player and could be a starter at right back, even if that means Rolf Felcher is a backup for Julian Araujo. That might be a good step for... what. He's 17, I think, right now. Yeah, 17 going 19. He'll be 18 next season. Definitely deserves a longer look, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, they're reminding us that Dave Romney and Dax McCarthy uh, were also oh, yes. also traded in that in sort of that same uh, same. So they're, vein. they're there, but they're not they're there, not there yet. yet. That's yeah. right. Not official. Uh, Dennis was asked if you can confirm the Dave Romney trade, and he said, "Nope." He goes, "Not until the trade window opens up," and he smiled. So that was that was fun. Um, but he didn't deny it. He, no, of course not, because everybody knows it's true. They're yeah. just waiting for these windows to open up and get stuff done. Uh, so you had Ethan Zubak, um, which is an interesting case as well. I mean, he had some time with the first team. He's, what, 21, 22 years old now, so he's getting on the age of where he probably can't stay down at LA Galaxy 2. Does he make the jump to LA Galaxy uh, to the senior team full-time? Efrain Alvarez. Having a great U-17 World Cup Great U-17 World Cup has been showing. I mean, listen, uh, the LA Galaxy, and, and there were rumors, I think, that he might be out of contract. Um, or at least it was something that they need to discuss. And I think it was Dennis who said, you know, in my mind, you have to be a feature of a yeah. team before you can move he, somewhere else. That he talked about that. He said he needs more playing time to be good, but he's not going to get more. He's not going to get more playing time until he is good. And you can't move him until you've established yourself. So Dennis kind of gave the impression that um, uh, Ephraim will be back, but that uh, he'll be back under their terms. Uh, Matt Lampson, a backup goalkeeper. Uh, I think the Galaxy, winner of Humanitarian of the Year award. That's right. Thank you for for that. Clever. By the way, most of, very deserved. By the way, yeah, I exactly. thought that was the Galaxy's best choice chance at winning one of the the national. The awards. last Galaxy player to win that. Uh, AJ Delagarza. Yes. Yes. Oh, whoo. Pulled that one right out of the old basket there. Um, you, so you talk about Matt Lampson, who could possibly have his contract up. Uh, I think the Galaxy could bring him back. I think he's a great backup. Um, I have no issues with that. And he's making $70,000. If he wants to come back, I think you you do it. But goalkeepers keep, goal in MLS right now, all for that price range, they, they move around they a move lot. They move around. They do. Uh, Servando Carrasco. I have to feel like he's... he's. Here's why he's gone. Yes. Because his wife is pregnant. Alex Morgan is pregnant. She plays in Orlando now. I don't know where they're going to stay. They have homes in Orlando and in Manhattan Beach. So I don't know where she'll stay during the pregnancy, but she wants to continue her career. She's already said she wants to play in the Olympics. Uh, when you have the baby and you're, it's a bi-coastal situation, that doesn't work. But when you look at what Servando is getting paid, the amount of playing time he's getting, he is probably more valuable to his family as a Mr. Mom. Yeah, he, he very well could be. And, and he talked about that last year. He said, he told me, he goes, I got to think about this after the season. Am I just spinning my wheels? Uh, you know, we want to move on and have a family and do some things. And Alex has opportunities. I think that he retires and, and becomes uh, Alex's 
you yeah. know, secretary, helper, yeah. you know, the babysitter, all those things. Uh, well liked, by the way, by all of the players. Love, every, love, everybody loves him. Really great guy. I love. I think we really enjoy him. Loved the by press. the players yeah. and the journalists. Yeah, and the journalists. Really good guy. Um, so it'd be su- it'd be sad to see him retire because I I like watching him play, but I don't think that he's going to tell you he had a great year out there, and I don't think the Galaxy are going to worry about bringing him back. I think that's but just one he of those. is one of those again. Talk about building the team. Servando Crosco, you need you need a Servando Crosco in your locker room. Absolutely. You need 30 players. 11 guys get to start. You need 30 players and all those 30 players need to work to be together on this. So I mean, that's not that's not a ridiculous thing. Um Emil Cuello, I don't know that that's a big worry about anybody. I mean, you know, you Justin Vomstig, we talked about Christian Pavone definitely coming back will be a designated player. Um Joao Pedro finally gets to get written Remember off. Him? <laughs> See you later Joao, no With longer the tight, on the roster. Tight end number. Uh Didi, Didi Traore down at defense. Now he could see some more time with I think he comes back yeah um, they gave him a little taste and then they had to move him down because of international slots he could come back but he is a guy who takes an international slot uh, a big thing to watch in the offseason see if any of the galaxy visas. visas I was going to say green cards would be big for the LA Galaxy and how they could sort of get some of these international players um, down from the number and they both, had. both Dennis and Guillermo talked about that very topic okay good um, Bradford Jameson um, I, he's not coming back. I think no. that that was it. I think they gave him a chance to go over to Austin. Uh, I think that's where he was playing. Um, and I think that he wanted to go as well. I don't think he wanted to stay because he wanted some time playing. And I don't see him signing another contract with the LA Galaxy. If he has a another year with the Galaxy, he would probably be on loan again. But I think that the contract may actually be up. That's a speculation. I don't know that for sure. But I think that might be done. Um, and then Hugo Ariano, which everybody's like, wait, that guy's still on. Yeah, that dude's yeah. still on the roster um, and still there. So that's sort of where you're at with the roster and uh, where all those things fall. Let me see if I can get you get us some of these uh, rumors here, Kevin, uh, before we get too far away from everything. And just some crazy ones. Uh, I've seen the Carlos Tevez to the Galaxy rumor. Uh, Tevez is going to turn 36 before the 2020 season. Uh, currently at Boca Juniors, somebody said, is the LA Galaxy just going to be Boca Juniors North? Um, yes, when, yeah, yeah it, they are. It seems like that way. Um, so TNT Sports uh, LA and Argentina is reporting that if Tevez doesn't sign for someone in Argentina, he'll definitely head down the loss. So <laughs> it's always it's always their def. You know those reports when when you see those, it's always oh well, you know that's his third or fourth choice MLS. Right. And and you know that may be the case in some players, but um, I don't think MLS is that kind of league anymore. It, it doesn't feel that way. Uh, here's another rumor that's sort of off the wall a little bit: a Colombian Juan Fernando Quintero to the LA Galaxy. Uh, Tiempo Deportivo reporting that central attacking midfielder, so a, a Cam midfielder. Uh, Juan Fernando Quintero could be coming to the United States in December, would be 27 in January of 2020, plays in Argentina for River Plot, uh, River Plate, has only played one game in the 2019-2020 season so far. Uh, he is injured with some ligament damage. So that's a guy. And by the way, Transfer Market has his value at $17.1 million. So, I mean, you know, that's a huge but amount. But the injury, if they can get it for cheaper, he definitely fits the style of play they want, and he's the right age. And 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 he's coming, pro- quite honestly, from the right region, too. I really feel like you're going to see a couple Europeans that get thrown in um, that are going to come into this because I think Dennis is going to want to open up to the Dutch leagues. And, and Dennis and, said that. He said, uh, you know, we're not all getting Latin players. We're getting the best players. And he said, we only have eight international slots. Guillermo, during the same uh, conversation, basically said, I like Argentinians. Yeah, well, surprise. Um, by the way, it also it also makes sense. I, I think the Galaxy will still have their sort of star power argument that they'll need to have. If Zlatan leaves, they'll need a big name. If you can find a big name Argentinian player who everybody knows, good, that, that'll be the home run. We're going to have to have that, ar- that 
argument, that Again? debate. Again? Uh, I'm not, I'm, we don't yeah, have time no, here. No, not, not on this one. But I got to bury you on that one. You, you can keep trying. Atlanta's still not LA. Um, Forbes, uh, let's go. Oh, and then um, here's an interesting one, a rumor. And then we'll get to the Forbes stuff that I want to get to just sort of close this down and, and give you guys uh, uh, some more food for thought as we continue to see what the galaxy are doing. Uh, Pablo Mar Maurer uh, is reporting that Ima Boateng is being shopped by DC United. Do we bring him back? Does the galaxy bring him back? I don't, it would be, it, it would be one of those things where it's like, oh, the galaxy got their money. They got their allocation money. I forget what it was, but uh, they got their allocation money. They, they, they did their thing. They brought in Pavone and now they have Ross room to bring Ema back and Ema wants to come back and blah 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 but remember DC traded for him to try to get him and help him help them in the playoffs he didn't play a whole bunch for them and he's, he makes a lot of money and he does make more money like than 183 than probably it is so anyway that's what you're seeing again talk about building a team he's not Serrano Carrasco but he is well liked but he's expensive Serrano Carrasco was, it was 67,000 uh, all right um, so that's where it goes okay now let's get to the Forbes article now this is interesting and I think well I think it's interesting Can Servando Crosco 70,000 I'm sorry I know what did you say 67 well be a, put some respect on his name a little <laughs> bit will you um, anyway, Forbes released their annual ranking of most valuable uh, teams, and this was done by Chris Smith over at Forbes, and they do this every year. Um, so it's not, it, it's propaganda every year. And, in, and there's a a, lot of some real questions about the methodology, but they do use the same methodology every year. So even if it's wrong, at least you're comparing apples to apples. Apples to apples every year, and we can sort of look at and, and how it goes. Um, so here's what we have for uh, this particular year. Uh, the most valuable club in Major League Soccer is Atlanta United, um, which I don't think is a shock to anybody at $500 million. Um, they had revenues of $78 million and they had an operating income of $7 million. Now remember, they sold um, uh, Almiron. Right. So they, that, a lot of that money probably you know helps them on that And operating. when you're drawing 75000 a game, that's pretty... Remember, they do more than the Super Bowl last year in the same stadium. They did. The that, is, that is true, absolutely. Absolutely. So they have a they have a lot to sort of um, to to pick from. So anyway, Atlanta United was number one. Uh, the LA Galaxy number two at four hundred and eighty million revenue of sixty four million and an operating income of five million dollars. Second highest in the league. Second highest in the league. Uh, LAFC was third, four hundred and seventy five million dollar valuation, fifty million dollars on the revenue side and minus five in terms of operating income. So they lost money. Uh, Seattle was fourth, four hundred and five million, forty seven in, in revenue. And speaking of Seattle, just. A note yes. real quick. They sold out the MLS Cup within minutes of tickets going on sale. I've been told that they will draw more for that game than any Seahawks game has ever gotten in the same stadium. That's fun, isn't it? Yeah. I love I love when MLS is, is doing all this stuff. Uh, all right. So uh, Seattle, uh, $1 million positive on the operating income. I thought, uh, let's do top five, and then we'll, we'll sort of turn it over. But uh, Toronto FC, $395 million valuation. Um, revenue of, let's see, $43 million. Uh, and they lost $19 million in their uh, operating income. And they're going to lose more if they win the MLS Cup because they got to pay Bradley $6.5 million. Who was last? Who's 24th? Uh, 24th, Colorado Rapids, $190 million, $18 million on the revenue and minus five on the operating income. Does Phil still own that team? Uh, no, I think okay. he, he doesn't have any more interest in that. Uh, that was that one uh, he got out of. Um, <laughs> Just in time. I think so. Yeah. I think so. But I mean, look, even that, that, that team in a stadium that looks oddly like a pared down uh, Dignity Health Sports Park there, um, that team still is making, you know, is still worth $190 million. Uh, some of these valuations, by the way, are more than some NHL teams. 
Uh, I would just like to point that out. So some of these evaluations more expensive than some NHL teams um, as it's going $500 million for Atlanta United, 480 for the LA Galaxy. Um, NHL teams flight charters. Yeah, they do. They yes, do flight they charters. Do. Um, and that's a good That's a good. Good, good point. To, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, so the value overall, if you add all of the values of all of the teams together, you're looking at a league at $7.5 billion, um, which is the valuation of revenue of $816 million um, and an operating income of minus $105 million. Which is significant, Josh Gessman, because? Yeah. Uh, because of the CBA, right? And the CBA, the owners are going to argue, look, we lost $105 million across all of our teams. But they didn't. But they didn't at all. And one of the big things that isn't accounted for in any of these is some soccer united marketing which all An arm of mls yeah. don garber's on their board and by the way all the investors end up being the same investors for major league soccer which means the owners are the owners of and investors of some as well so some itself paid out 125 million dollars in distributions last year now what some does by the way is they they are in charge of the u.s national team men and women i believe certainly the men and the Mexican national team tours. So, and then any other tournaments, I think they work a little bit on Gold Cup, they did Copa America. Um, they're a soccer marketing firm, as the name indicates, but they make a lot of money. A ton of money. Um, so again- TV contracts. Yeah, TV contracts. So so here's what here's what I pulled from all of this that everybody can sort of take with them uh, as talking points as you go along. Uh, MLS's surging expansion fees. By the way, the 30th team is expected to be $300 million expansion And we don't fee. know who that is yet. We don't. We think it might be Charlotte, by the way. Charlotte has a good shot at possibly doing it. And the Forbes article talks about that and that somebody would be willing to spend $300 million to bring a team to Charlotte. Interesting. I was hoping for Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. Nice that, road nice, trip. Nice road yeah. trip. Yep, that would be good. Um, so anyway, and the sales prices. So the, the surging expansion fees and the sales prices are not being driven by financial performance. This is not about teams making a whole bunch of money. You can see the revenue is there, but they're still showing operating losses, even though in actuality, they're probably at least breaking well, even. What the what the players said in the players union talk today is that they, they look at those numbers and they believe that the numbers that they've been provided are accurate and they say there's no way the league is going to lie to us because that means they're lying to their owner operators right, to exactly. the franchises mm. but we asked them about look that you know the, the, the league appears to be losing money and they said no it's not it's what it is it's an expansion mode right now and if you have a business and you expand and you add more uh you know warehouse space or whatever more employees you are going to show uh, it's your, your ledger is going to be in the red but you're actually preparing for the future you're in investment you're in expansion mode and that's where they think they are and you said you can't look at the bottom line you have to look at where it's going where it's going and th and that's 100 percent true because even the investors the people who are buying into this league and spending money on the expansions they're betting on this securing a share of this u.s soccer market and they're doing it for a reason and they're doing it before a new tv deal hits in 2023 remember right now it's fox and espn i expect espn by the way to grab it um, I expect ESPN to grab the whole thing. And if you looked at the ratings, ESPN has had far better ratings than Fox has had th consistently well, through the year. ESPN's taken Bundesliga. They've taken ESPN. Uh, they've taken Serie A. They put them on ESPN+. Plus. Right. But when you talk about that, let's just look at 12 years ago when Chivas USA entered the league, their expansion fee was $12 million and there were four partners. So $2.5 million per person. Right. The next expansion team that comes in is $300 million. Yeah. So that means if you're selling a team that you bought for $10 million, you can sell it for over $200 million. That's a pretty good return on your investment. It's a great return. Um, so they talk about the new... By the way, the Galaxy still have the most expensive TV deal in Major League Soccer Expire at 5.5 2021. Now, that's interesting because MLS said, told everybody, all teams do not renew your local broadcasting after 2021. 2021 is the cutoff. We're done. Because... 
as the Forbes article points out, it seems like MLS is going to take its full inventory, which means all the games played at all times, and try to shop them in one place. And if they shop them in one place, Kevin, that means that you could, we could be finally be done with blackouts. We could finally be done with all that stuff where you can't watch a local game because it's blacked out on local TV. It might all be on ESPN+, Plus, which if, it, if is the case, I jump up and down about because you know where to find it, you know where it's at, and you go to it, and then ESPN can show whatever games they want to show on national TV uh, whenever they do it as well. That seems like it might be a winner. But remember when you used to be able to watch televised games on TV? Yes. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't happen anymore. Ask no, Dodgers fans. Not. Ask Dodgers fans, right? I mean, even that happens um, where Dodgers fans aren't seeing uh, the whole thing. The Galaxy, I think, got the last giant TV, local TV contract. Really in Major the League only one. No one ever came close to that one. Yeah, so $5.5 million a year. By the way, their operating income shows $5 million. It's no it, it's no, it's no, coincidence. I'm just telling you. Most of the time is that it's usually the, uh, the TV deal that pushes them up over into a profit mode. Um, so that's interesting there. Uh, but yeah, 2026 World Cup is coming to the U.S. as well. Don't, it is? Really? Yeah. Are you going to be here? Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know if you'll be alive. You're, you're getting up. <laughs> it's 2026 um, is coming. World Cup in the United States. Um, so that is something that also is driving these fees up because, they're, again, it's about this U.S. soccer. They're going to get a bump. They feel like they're going to get a bump if the United States is actually in it. it that's questionable, questionable at this point. Always. Um, but no, I mean, all those things are, are there. Um, so that's that's the big takeaways from these Forbes thing. I think, and I was on a podcast and they're saying, oh, well, you know, the league needs to get away from single entity and look at all of these things that are going on. $300 million for the 30th team. You think anybody's getting out of single entity whenever there, whenever there's going to be $300 million distributed to every investor whenever yeah, that why, money comes in? Why would you want to be Colorado and lose all that money when you could be Atlanta or share in that profit at least? Yeah, I mean, it, I think that they're going to have eventually an argument and we, we can talk about, you know, with 30 teams, how you even put together structured conferences or how you, you know, this, that's why the supporter shield is going to eventually go away and not mean anything. Uh, it still means kind of something right now, but it, with unbalanced schedule, it's already not much. And now my guess is you're going to three conferences. So what are you going to have? Three supporter shield? Um, yeah, I mean, that's all that's that's all these things that you see um, with, with with what's going to happen going on. So I think MLS has to worry about that. But as far as the league and the health of the league, I think everything's fine and it feels like it's fine and it feels like it's in a position that it's never been in before. Um, so I feel like all these things are going to happen. Now, the big question is whether or not we play soccer, you know, in February of next year and Major League Soccer starts on time because I don't think it will. Well, does that hurt this momentum? It, well, it's certainly, I think the owners are going to worry, the investors, the people who are make, who are counting on the fact that they need to play games and they need to continue to show that they're a real league and that they're competing and they're spending money if the players stop that. And the players know they have some leverage in this yeah. by stopping it. Well, and the players are going to make the argument that you just made. Hey, owners, it's almost like you're playing Russian roulette. It's, you know, are you going to do this? And the players look at this and say, if the league is going great guns, we deserve to be part of this. Yeah, it, it's, it's, oh, it's, it, this is an interesting one. This could be the turning point of whether or not Major League Soccer sort of takes a step into, quote unquote, the major leagues uh, by doing charters, by getting rid of the TAM and the JAM and making it just simple money and that everybody can play along. Now, I'll, I, I'll be honest, it sort of takes away some of my mystique. I usually figure this stuff out. Do you have can, mystique? I, well, a little bit, sometimes. Um, I mean, on 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 holidays and and weekends, sometimes I have. Yeah, there was some talk that five years ago that some of the players that they were going to strike. There was a, a strike vote taken, right? Um, and the players were prepared to strike. And then uh, the owner, the the narrative at the time was that some players got cold feet and they didn't have enough votes to go for the strike. I was told today on that conference call that in fact it was the opposite. That the players 
had said they were going to strike, and then the owners came back and said, okay, we'll bend on some of these things. But there's no doubt that the players left the table not getting what they wanted on free agency. They wanted a, a much more liberal free agency. Uh, they, the Tam and Jam came after that, so that wasn't part of that. But that, you want to get rid of that. Yeah, we have no money. Now let us talk about Tam, and you know now we have all this well, Tam money. And so the yeah. players felt like they, they were played for suckers. Yep. And then they are, they are very united on this whole idea of charter flights because it, there were stories told on the conference call today about how it's a competitive issue. Players get hurt. It's not about taking a nice flight and having a nice meal. It's about the, the, the union estimates each team lost up to 10 training days a year because they had to fly overnight after a game and couldn't get back. Players talked about Alejandro Bedoya talked about an injury that was caused by having to sit on a commercial flight after playing a game when they played three games in one week and they had a, a, a cross country trip. So I don't think the players want the charter to every game, but I think you're looking at if we have to go 2,000 miles or two, or two or more time zones, we're going to charter that one. If we're just going from L.A. to San Jose, Southwest is fine. Yeah, so, uh, good, good good, for everybody. Um, here are the dates that you need to know. Obviously, MLS Cup comes up on November 10th. The only reason I sort of point that out is that everything happens sort of after that. Um, so everything's frozen. So the trade window opens up on November 11th through the 13th, um, and that's where you'll see some of these trades finally being announced and being finalized. So you see the Dave Romney trade in Nashville being finalized, and that'll be done. Uh, the trade window closes back up at 8 p.m. Eastern on November 13th, and the blackout period then begins again where until after the expansion draft. Uh, Clubs then have to issue all of their bona fide offers. So this is about the contract, uh, picking up the options and then offering contracts on November 14th. Uh, so you expect that the LA Galaxy will announce some stuff there, Kevin, and we'll be able to report that out as it as it comes out uh, on the options and the declines and all that stuff. Um, and then November 19th is the MLS expansion draft, which means that on the 16th of November at 10 a.m. Eastern time, so 7 a.m., uh, West Coast time, we will get the list of players eligible for selection in that expansion draft. So something to watch there. I'm not getting as well. up for that. Uh, you, you'll you'll be up. You'll be. I'll text you as soon as it comes <laughs> up, and then then you'll be up. Um, then you have uh, the 21st is the club deadline to exercise options. We'll so, know about Zlatan way before that. I think so. Um, so we'll we'll know about that. Then November 25th is the end of year waivers, so player the teams can then uh, waive players. Uh, free agency opens on November 25th as well, which will be interesting to see. I think Quincy Ameriqua is a free agent and he's already been tweeting out uh, pictures of his head on other teams' uniforms and saying, this is what it would be like if I played for you, LA Galaxy, um, which I thought was kind of cute. Say that name again. Quincy Ameriqua. That's really good. What, you would struggle with that one? Oh, that, the Quincy, I couldn't even get Quincy out. What about what about Caleb Porter? Oh, wait, no, that's not his name. <laughs> oh. How did he do this year? Uh, not great. Not, not well. Not great. Almost an LA Galaxy coach, by the way. Had the front seats at the LA Lakers game. Almost almost closed that deal, uh, but didn't happen. So. Look back at that picture. Dennis looks very unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> have you looked at Have you studied yeah. it before? Yeah. yeah. It's funny. Um, then it goes into like November 26th, reentry process. December 3rd, reentry process, stage two, which I'll probably won't cover because I'm hoping that, you know, the baby's coming right around. The December 19th, by the way, is the day. Just want to throw that out. So December I have 19th? December 19th, which I think is Ashley Cole's birthday. So it, obviously, if he's born on... That is sick that you're going to talk about your kid's birthday Ash, and Ashley, Ashley Cole's Cole, birthday. Ashley Cole. And would be, so really I'd probably weak. have to name him Ashley Cole. I think that's what it would have to be. Um, December 19th, if that You've happens. already picked out a name. Yes, I have. Uh, what is it? Zlatan, Landon, <laughs> David. No, um, no, that's that's a secret. Everybody will know whenever that, that little dude is born. Uh, but all is well so far. So just in case you're playing the baby game at home, or if you want to start taking bets on which day it is, somebody can start selling squares. That'd be cool too. 
Uh, I'll get in on that. Just let me know where it's, where it's at and how much each square costs. Uh, so anyway, so Mrs. Pato is uh, is hanging in there doing I just hope, fine. I hope the baby likes hot weather because you have no air conditioning at your house. That's okay. It's the it's the it's the cool. We're in the cool cool winter time now. Except it's supposed to be like eighty degrees. Yeah, this weekend. global warming. You yeah. heard of that? Maybe. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I like it's a hoax. All right. Uh, people are guessing December 16th. I, listen, I'll tell you right now, first babies tend to be after the due date. So, you know, we could have a Todd Dunavant baby December 26th uh, instead of the instead of the 19th. That's a real possibility. That Jesus dude was born on the 25th. <laughs> that's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> oh, great. Great Latin American player, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really. Dennis yeah. said not just Latin American players. They'll yeah. take... That's it. That's it. That's good. All right. So uh, I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else. Kevin, you have anything else that you want to... Oh, let's just stay here all night. It was a long drive out here. I was going to say, we do have to give a little tip of the cap to uh, to Mr. Baxter here because, uh, Kevin, you, you drove, what, two and a half? Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours to be down here. Kevin Kevin and I live on the other side of uh, Los Angeles, so um, I, can, I can see. So anyway, tip of the cap, Mr. Baxter, for making it down for your first live show here um, at the studio. Um, so anyway, that was, that was awesome. We're, we're glad that you came down and, uh, and could do it. Did we, are you going to do it again? Uh, if we do it at another time, <laughs> we do it. Can I have not, the corporate jet? Not, if, not on Thursday nights. We were talking about doing some more, um, remotes. We, you wanted to do another one where we go and record that, somewhere. That involves beer. That involves beer. And, and, and you know what, if we, you want me to do this again, the, the, the John Wayne airport's right down the street. You can just fly there from Burbank to here. There you go. That's what you need to do. I think there's a helicopter service actually that will fly you down. So maybe, maybe put it we'll, on your car, put it on the bed. We'll put it on okay. the COG budget and see how that goes. All right. Um, as far as scheduling goes, doesn't look like we're going to have one on Monday. We don't expect anything to happen between Thursday and Monday, except the Dave Romney trade will be announced. Yeah. Except on Monday or Tuesday, right? Yeah. I'm probably Monday. Let's just record it. that right now. Hey, do you hear Dave Romney got traded? Hey, wow. It's official. Great. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. We did that. Um, so more than likely another Thursday show next week. Um, um, as long as I get the hall pass, all right? So um, as somebody said in the in the chat room, oh, it's time for game previews. Oh, wait. Yeah, we could be, you could right now be having an awesome MLS Cup preview had the Galaxy made it because my last one I did in 2014 was seven and a half minutes long for just the preview of the opening to the show. I imagine I can top that again if the Galaxy make it back to another MLS Cup. So that's something at least to, to keep it. That's, maybe that's motivation for the guys. Maybe we should talk yeah, to the players. They're all listening to that. I'm sure they are. All right. Uh, are you you're good? Yeah, I guess. Okay, whatever. That's good. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter at kbaxter11, uh, that's where you can find him. Head on over to latimes.com um, where you can uh, find all of his writing covering U.S. Women's National Team, U.S. Men's National Team, soccer in Southern California. All right there, latimes.com. And again, Kev, thanks for uh, coming all the way down. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can read Larry's wonderful article covering the exit interviews there. Um, and so we'll uh, we'll do that. And Larry has some great stuff. We'll keep updating that stuff as it comes out. And as we know, contracts and as trades happen, all that stuff can be found on cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, that does it. Uh, another live show in the books here from Corner of the Galaxy Studios. Glad everybody could join us for Mr. Kevin Baxter. The Panda himself. I'm Josh Gessman Pato. You've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com.
Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.